Hi, and welcome to At the Window with Dementia. I'm Laura Banner, and I'm your host. Is it any surprise to hear me say that dementia is complicated? Anyone who has walked the path with someone who has dementia knows that this is an absolute truth. Wouldn't it be nice if once your loved one was given a diagnosis of some type of dementia, that you were given a handbook that says, this is what it will look like. Step by step, what the journey will involve, the ups, the downs, the moments of normalcy, and the moments of absolute chaos. If it was all written out so you could predict it and have a nice organized schedule and anticipate when you were going to hit those bumps in the road. Well, unfortunately, no such book exists. Well, at least not that I've found. What I know is that no two people experience the exact same symptoms. Yes, of course, there are some common ones. The individual will experience some withdrawal, perhaps. Maybe some feelings of isolation. Undoubtedly, they'll have moments of frustration. And this one may be a surprise to you. But so many individuals who have dementia experience depression. Now, depression is something that is very common. Seniors, in fact, are a a population demographic that unfortunately disproportionately experiences a, a high rate of depression and it goes undiagnosed because so often people don't ask them about it. Maybe it's because they've withdrawn from their friend group and so people don't pick up on it. Or maybe people just assume that as we get older, slowing down, being less involved is to be expected. So when it happens with your loved one, you don't recognize it as depression. But depression, whether it's a chronic diagnosis for your loved one or a rather new experience for them, certainly plays a part in their journey of dementia. Depression can present in many different ways. The way that most people who've never experienced depression picture it is that someone is tearful, often disheveled, really don't have much interest in interacting. Yes, all of that's true, but it doesn't always look like that. The tearfulness is common, so is fatigue. Many times, an individual who's suffering from some type of depression will have a decreased appetite. Maybe they'll have a personality change. Maybe you'll notice that their personal hygiene habits have changed. Oftentimes, they're apathetic. They just don't seem to show appropriate emotion. Agitation is quite common as well. They are easily agitated by things that wouldn't have bothered them in the past. One sign of depression that many people overlook is forgetfulness. When someone has depression in the setting of dementia, it can make the dementia appear much worse than it actually is. Perhaps they're much more forgetful. They they can't stay on task. They lose track of their thoughts. 
They frequently forget words as they're having a conversation. They misplace items. They don't recall conversations. Yes, this is true with someone who has dementia. But are you surprised to find out it's also true for someone who has depression? Now imagine someone who has both. It's not surprising that the dementia actually appears much worse. So as we know, we can't stop progression of dementia. We can't reverse it. At best, we can slow it down. But here's some good news. If your loved one is also suffering from depression, once the depression is treated appropriately, then you may actually find that their cognitive impairment, their memory, is not quite as severely impacted and impaired as you previously thought. Maybe they'll have more interest in interacting and engaging in those cognitive stimulating activities that we know is so important for brain health to slow down that progression of their dementia. Many people have aversion to being put on an antidepressant. And what I've found is that if they are introduced to the medication in a different way, if you explain it in the way that makes them feel as though they are not deficient, that they're not weak, or perhaps that they're not that image that they may have in their mind of someone who's depressed, they may be more apt to try the medication. The way that I like to explain it to my patients is I draw a comparison to someone who has diabetes. When someone has diabetes and they don't make enough insulin, they need to be given insulin to have proper body function so that their blood sugar is normalized. Without insulin, if they need it, their blood sugar can be sky high. Well, the same is true about mood disorders and depression. If they don't make enough of those feel-good chemicals, the serotonins, then maybe we need to give them some in the form of an antidepressant. Oftentimes what happens is when you explain it in that way, they're more willing to try the medication. I also find that a lot of individuals believe that once you start on an antidepressant, it's a lifelong commitment, and that's just not true. I tell my patients, let's give it a try. Typically, it takes four to six weeks to be therapeutic on any type of antidepressant. At that point, we reassess. Maybe we need to go ahead and do a dose adjustment. Or maybe we need to change medications because that particular one just doesn't work with their body chemistry. I give them hope. And hope is something that many people with dementia don't have. And if you present it in a way that if in fact there is some underlying depression that they may or may not be aware of. What do they have to lose if we try to treat it? If it doesn't work, we stop the medication. Because I don't believe in being on medications that they don't actually derive some type of benefit from. Or maybe, maybe it actually works. And maybe they find that their forgetfulness isn't quite as advanced as they thought it was. Maybe they become more interested in personal hygiene and getting out and socializing 
with friends and family. Maybe they want to go for that walk where in the past they declined the offer. Depression is a cruel disease just as dementia is. Remember that depression can bring on feelings of helplessness and in turn decrease self-esteem. Everybody wants to feel productive. Everyone wants to feel needed. Everyone wants to feel good. So I implore you to really take a critical look at your loved one. Put your bias aside. Because remember, as I said, depression does not always appear the way we imagine it to. I actually even think it's a good idea to have the conversation with your loved one. Maybe don't use the word depression if you are fearful that they'll have some type of a a pushback or reaction to the word. Maybe describe it instead by saying things like, do you feel happy? Do you find enjoyment in doing things? Do you like to be around people? Do you think that maybe you might be able to feel better than you feel right now? How do you feel? Of course, open-ended questions, those questions that do not get answered with a yes or no answer, can certainly be eye-opening. Give your loved one plenty of time to think about it. Open up the dialogue. Perhaps you may not be the one that you feel would get the best reaction from your loved one. Maybe there's someone else in their immediate circle that would be able to have that conversation with them in a way that you think may be a little bit more receptive. We know that seniors are at risk of depression and people treat their depression in many different ways. Again, excessive amounts of sleep, well, that's a common way that people address their depression because if they're asleep, they don't have to feel. Alcohol and medication are another way that people escape depression. They want to feel numb. They don't want to feel the bad feelings that they have. I mean, let's face it. Do you think that anyone wants to hear the words, you have dementia? Of course not. Now, I'm not inferring that getting that diagnosis causes depression for everyone. But for some especially those who've been at risk for depression in the past, well, absolutely, it can be the tipping point. So I want you to explore that. Monitor them. Don't let your loved one be a statistic. Give them hope. Reach out. Advocate for them. Involve them in your life. Get them out, get them moving, get them laughing, get them talking. Be empathetic, not only to their dementia, but also potentially to their depression. My daughter and I recognized this quite some time ago, particularly in seniors and seniors with mild cognitive impairment. Again, mild cognitive impairment would be memory loss, beyond what is expected for their age, but not quite to the range of an early dementia. And it saddened us 
to see how many seniors gave up on themselves, stopped fulfilling their dreams, stopped being alive. And so we decided we wanted to write a book to try to give them hope. This book that we wrote, it, it's almost a cheerleader type of book, if you will. I know that sounds a little bit corny, but it's a, a pep talk to your loved one. Someone who who will be at their side through this book, coaching them and saying, just because you're elderly doesn't mean you don't have a purpose. And it encourages them to go out and to explore, to perhaps revisit some goals and some dreams that they had previously abandoned. Maybe things that they had to put on the back burner because they were busy with work, raising a family, whatever it was that caused them to delay pursuing their own hopes and dreams. We wrote this book not only as an encouragement, but also as an understanding. There's a lot of scientific understanding of why things happen in this book. It's not written at a level that someone who who hasn't taken any type of a neurology course or science course couldn't understand. It's written for the average person who just wants to know why. But most importantly, the book encourages our loved ones to fight for their mind, to fight for their brain health, to feel good, to not give up, to find that inner child. The book is called Senior Living, Taking Back Your Golden Years. Because isn't that what we've all thought? That our our senior years are supposed to be synonymous with our golden years. The years when life is good and struggles are minimal. But unfortunately, for so many, that's not the case. If you have a loved one that you think would benefit from this book... It's available on Amazon. You can check it out there. There's a few excerpts, and you can get a little bit more information about it. Anyway, the bottom line is, none of us should give in to depression or dementia. We need to fight. We need to fight to feel good. We need to fight for brain health. And there's so many different ways we can go about doing this. Develop a partnership with your loved one. I know you're in the, in the trenches with them. You're taking this journey with them. And I'm hoping that if, in fact, you identify that your loved one does have some depression, get them help and know that things can actually be much better than they are right now. Anyway, something to think about. Thanks for li- listening to my podcast. I hope you subscribe. I often release podcasts on Tuesday mornings. Anyway, thanks again. Thank you for everything you do. I hope you and your loved one have a wonderful week. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.